Patricia Lindsay is a civil rights attorney in New York. With experience in education, nursing, and law, she has a valuable perspective to offer on the vaccine mandates, the well-being of our children, parental rights, and freedom of religion. In our interview, we deepen on why we have a duty to rise up and defend our constitutional rights, and what it might mean to invoke the doctrine of the lesser magistrates. We talk about the New York Senate's Assembly Bill A416, which relates to the removal of cases, contacts, and carriers of communicable diseases who are potentially dangerous to the public health. While the bill was withdrawn in December 2021, almost simultaneously, Governor Hockle proposed her regulation, which is far more expansive and increases her powers to issue various types of quarantining, including congregate quarantine, at a location operated or contracted by the state or local health authority, mandatory quarantine, voluntary quarantine, or confinement, meaning the enforcement of an isolation or quarantine order through the use or possible use of law enforcement personnel. In this episode, Trisha shares her thoughts on why such measures and mandates are the new segregation. How can we escape this form of enslavement? And what might it look like to hold leaders accountable? I'm Sienna May Heath, and this is Leaving the Left for Liberty. When in the world do we start using children as bulletproof vests for us? When in the world do we start testing things on children? It comes to us first. And when you come for our children, you have started a war. And they have declared war, and we are answering to that war. We are magistrates, and I need you, each one, reach one, and teach one. Do you understand? As a magistrate in this country, the United States government, our government, our local leaders have to answer to us. The Ninth Amendment says that any rights that are not enumerated in the Constitution are reserved for the people. So I don't want to hear that mandates are not enumerated in the Constitution because for the fact that it's not enumerated means that that authority and those rights goes to us. And so everyone, every one of these mandates are illegal. Every single one of them. Under that 14th Amendment, due process and right to equal protection is the right to protect my body. When you want to, when you want to push something into my body against my consent, without my consent, it is rape. And this is medical rape. We are magistrates. We are magistrates. Stand between an unjust government and its laws. God bless you, and God bless these United States. Well, Trisha, you have a fascinating background in education and civil rights law. For those who don't know much about you, would you share a bit about your journey? Sure. So I began um, my career as an educator. Interestingly enough, my first degree in college is um, a nursing degree. So it's, it's interesting how everything has come full circle, right? Because at this point in time, when I speak, I understand the medical side of this, this situation that's happening. 
I'm not what I don't know. I'm not intimidated to go and ask and find out and dig into the terminology doesn't throw me. I taught biology for a number of years. So there we have the extension of that. Um, and I wasn't a quasi administrator while I attended law school. I, um, so I have that functioning and understanding of the education educational system. Um, what else did I do? <laughs> And so I have a nursing degree, I have an education degree, I have two education degrees. My first one is in um, secondary science education, and then I have it in school building and school district leadership. So for me, it all comes full circle, all comes together, because I understand the different systems that we're dealing with. I understand um, the different entities, I understand what, how, what they're supposed to be doing, what their functions are, and what their... Um, their, what their priorities are supposed to be versus what they are actually doing, what it has done. You know what I mean? And the reason I left education was to deal with what we know to be the school to prison pipeline, because I observed in my 20 plus years as an educator, the disparities, the severe disparities in education, which was only seeming to get, in, to get worse. It worse. It wasn't getting any better as time went on with the increase of technology, with the flow of millions and millions and millions of dollars through school districts year after year, yet children were not achieving. And that just didn't make sense, right? Take it back to years ago with the one room schoolhouse, children were coming out brilliant. You go to some of these third world countries and you have children that are inventing or young people that are inventing um, technology and inventing things with not even a quarter of the money that we pushed through our education system. So something was wrong. And in addition to that, I noticed the increase in, in um, emotional disabilities and um, physical disabilities, psychological disabilities. I just noticed uh, it was just too much that was happening. And I just said, something is wrong. Something is wrong. And I used to say to colleagues of mine, you know, there, there's, a lab, there's an experiment going on, a science experiment going on. Mm -hmm. And I said, the children are the data. Someone somewhere is collecting data based upon what, you know, what's happening in school right now. And they would look at me and say, what are you talking about, Lindsay? And I said, you'll see. I said, we'll hear about it in years to come. You know, we don't know now, but we'll hear about it because something's happening. There's a rapid decline in the health, psychological and physical health of these children and a growing disparity with learning this, with, um, with learning achievements and it just doesn't make sense. And so full circle, here we are. So I left to deal with that to, um, because you can't eat and crap in the same place, right? So I can't attack the system that's feeding me. So I had to get out, but I wanted to learn the system from different on different levels. So I've been an educator, a teacher in the classroom, also an administrator, and I was a liaison to central office um, in the position of the science department chairperson. So I understand, you know, from many levels, and I've taught all levels from pre-K up to master's level in college. So, you know, there, there's not much that one can say to me that I, that I don't understand, that I won't dig into. And what I don't know, I'm not afraid to ask because I'm a lifelong student. I don't mind learning. I like learning. I will ask questions and I'm not afraid to say that. So with this situation that's happening right now, I see where all the pieces of the puzzle are coming together. I didn't enter the medical field because I saw the politicization of the medical field then. I saw what was happening with HMOs moving in. It became more about money than patient care. Patients were dying and being left if they didn't have certain 
um, medical insurance and certain, you know, benefits, they were pretty much just given up. And I've watched this as a nursing student. I, I nearly, I'm not easily traumatized, but if I was, it, it would have been devastating to me, but it threw me to be within the hospital walls and to see what was actually going on. And I just didn't like it, you know? And then I had one or two family members that passed away and it was due to medical um, malpractice, medical negligence. And I said, this is not good, something's wrong. So I decided I'm not, I, I don't wanna enter that field. I'll deal with that later on. And that's um, what led me to education. And so I, and that's what led me to teaching biology because I love medicine, I love science and I love education. And so I don't know how much more you wanna hear. <laughs> I don't know if I answered your question completely. Absolutely. And I, actually I learned something new about you. I didn't know you had a nursing background. Yeah. That's yeah. fascinating. Yeah. Well, with all that experience, you have such a valuable perspective on the vaccine mandates and their effects on education, parental rights, freedom of religion. And I, I got chills when you led those protesters in chanting, we are magistrates, we are magistrates. Um, so my question for you about that is if we, the people created the government and that government is not just, does that put us in the place of being the higher magistrates and the politicians in the place of being the lower magistrates, or the lesser magistrates? Absolutely. We are lesser magistrates in terms of God, in relation to God, because we live in a democratic republic, right? There is no king here. If we had a king or a queen, then we'd fall beneath the king or queen. That's not what happens in America. God is the, high, God is the ultimate authority in this country. Right? This country was founded by people that were fleeing religious persecution. So they came here looking for religious freedom. Right? And so God is, delegates all authority. That's since the beginning of time. And so that authority in this country comes to we, the people. The founding fathers of this country founded it such that the, the government was lower than us because they created it. So your um, creation can't be more than you. The, create, the creation cannot be greater than the creator, right? So if we, the people, created the government, then we are who has given the authority to the government. And we gave that, that authority to the government with certain functions, with certain goals. There's certain um, mandates, that, mandates that they're supposed to follow, <laughs> certain things that they're mandated to do, which is to protect our rights. And that is their function, to protect our rights. And if they fail to do that, then we, the people, have the authority, the rights, and even more so, a duty to remove them, right? To check them. And if they won't fall in line and they won't um, do what they're supposed to do, then they need to be removed. And that is based upon the documents that this country was founded on. It's in writing. <laughs> you know, so when they, um, when the, the government is now trying to silence everyone and trying to um, declare those that speak out and, and, and stand in the authority that would, they were given in this country and try to classify them as domestic terrorists, you know, that's a bit strong because if you ask me who the domestic terrorists were, it certainly is not the people. It's not the people because we're not trampling on the rights of anyone. We're actually just declaring our rights and standing on it and demanding that the government honor them, respect them and protect them. Hmm. And, and what does it mean to invoke the doctrine of the lesser magistrates? And what does that have to do with the mandates? 
Well, mandates are not law and the mandates are violating the con our constitutional rights. So many <laughs> constitutional <laughs> rights. And so when that happens, the 10th amendment says that if the, the, the rights that are not reserved to the, to the government are given back to the people. So therefore, and also therefore, if the government fails, right, under the doctrine of the lesser magistrates, if the, if the government fails to perform its duties, if that government usurps and overreaches in its authority, if that government fails to do what it's supposed to do, then we have a right to step in. And what happens is the local leaders are really supposed to interpose themselves between the federal government and its citizens. The local governments are supposed to protect the rights of its citizens. So if the federal government um, proposes or mandates or, or, or gives an order to the local government or to the, the, the people of the United States, that is tyrannical. If it's violating the, the, our rights, if it, if, it, if it harms us or tramples on our rights in any way, our local leaders are really supposed to step between that federal government and the citizens of its state, right? But if the local leaders fail to do that, then those, that authority goes back to the people. And now we have a duty to step between the federal government and the citizens. And so those of us who understand the magistrate, the, the, the doctrine of the lesser magistrates, if those, for those of us who understand the, um, the doctrine of interposition, if for those of us that understand the 10th amendment, we, we know that and we take back our authority, we take back our rights and we demand. It's pretty much like what's going on in Ottawa. It's what's going on when people are saying, no, we're not complying with these mandates because they're against the law. They're violating the Fourth Amendment, the 14th Amendment, the First Amendment, the Fifth Amendment. They're violating rights on all levels. When you cannot, I posted, I attempted to post um, a, a, something about the regulations that, that Governor Hockle has, um, that just passed yesterday in New York. I tried, attempted to post that just about the regulations and what's happening. And I was stopped. I was told, my assistant who did it, said that they sent a message pretty much saying misinformation and that if I tried to post it again, that they would shut down my page. Now, how is it misinformation, right? A416 is a real bill that was proposed. Governor Hawkins' regulation is a real regulation. So how is that misinformation? Yet they want to say that we're giving misinformation when we're fighting back and standing up against these, ma these, these mandates and these laws? Absolutely not. No, the misinformation is coming from the mainstream media and all these um, social media websites that are out there, you know? And so that's what's happening. So we have to take back our authority. And part of taking that back is unplugging from this system. Mm. The Ninth Amendment, any rights that's not enumerated in the constitution are reserved for the people. So all of our rights don't have to be articulated and written down specifically for us to have them. We have rights, certain rights, just by the virtue of being human. And those human rights leads to other rights. And so if it's not articulated, it means it wasn't articulated to be given to the government, which means we didn't give it to them. And so it's reserved to us. And that's what it yeah. comes down to. And and that's that's a particular choice of words there in the constitution. I don't know if it's reserved or retained, but it's not given it's not given. It's right. it's retained. Right. Absolutely. 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 So there's no way to argue. So when they they're, they're trying to shut people down for freedom of speech, no one's inciting violence. We've actually been very peaceful. We've just been demanding our rights. So how is that domestic terrorism? 
How is it? How is it inciting any violence? How is it doing anything that they're accusing us of doing? It's not. They're just afraid. They're very afraid because more and more people are waking up. Yeah, and and for those who don't know about the Assembly Bill A416, that's on the New York State Senate's website, and it relate. I'm just quoting. It relates to the removal of cases contacts and carriers of communicable diseases who are potentially dangerous to the public health. What does this bill suggest could happen to someone, to anyone who is deemed a public health threat? And what has the, and also what has the governor implied since then? Thank you for taking me back. I often think I would forget that everyone doesn't know <laughs> what we know. So Bill A416 was, um, has been sitting on the legislative floor for approximately six years. It was um, proposed by Assemblyman N. Nick Perry. He has been nominated by the Biden administration to be ambassador to Jamaica of the West Indies. And that happened back, I think it was in December sometime, probably a little bit before, but somewhere around that time. And so sub um, simultaneously, he withdrew the bill. Well, first of all, it sat on a legislative floor because it did not gain any, um, no co-sponsors. None of the senators picked it up and would co-sponsor it. So it didn't gain any real support. And over the past year or so, I would say it has gotten a lot of pushback from the public because a lot of, we brought awareness to it. There were a number of groups that brought awareness to it. I was made aware of it. And I know I tried to speak on it when I spoke on different platforms. I posted it, tried to inform people as much as possible. So it, it got a lot of pushback recently. So he withdrew it. And I think it was selfish. I don't think it was because he had an aha moment. I think he didn't want to have to answer to it um, in regards to his nomination, right? And his appointment as ambassador. So simultaneously, while he was withdrawing it, Governor Hockle wrote it in, slipped it in as a, regu as a regulation. And now a regulation doesn't go through the same um, process that a bill does. So A416, as a bill, has to go at the debates on the bill, and then it goes to the legislature who vote, who vote on it, yay or nay, and then the governor signs, and then it becomes law if it passes the legislature. A regulation, that's not what happens. A regulation is buried, can be buried in this register that comes out every month. It has hundreds of pages. And so you write it in. There's a comment period, a 60-day comment period, if the, that the public can come and give comments. And then it goes to a committee. The committee votes yay or nay, and then it passes and has the effect of law. The problem is the committee are um, comprised of people who are appointed by Governor Hochul. So if it's my regulation and I've placed you in position, you're more than likely going to rubber stamp the regulation and pass it, which is pretty much what happened. And so this bill, this regulation is far more expansive than A416. A416, but under A416, a person who had was suspected of having a communicable disease could be arrested and detained in a facility up to 90 days max. After 90 days, they could, and, and that's a lot too, right? I see your eyes, right? Yeah, <laughs> like I, I, I already know about this, but my eyes still can't hide it. <laughs> I know, me too. <laughs> Are you kidding me, right? But um, after 90 days, you could have a, a hearing, 
and you know plead your cause to be released, which is absurd to me anyway, even within that. The governor's bill, the governor's regulation has no time limits. It's unlimited. And this is anyone who has been pretty much exposed to a communicable disease. So there is language in there about the vax versus the unvax, but if you read the language clearly, it is quite broad, whereby anyone who has been exposed to a communicable disease, i.e. COVID-19, you can be arrested and detained for an unlimited amount of time in a facility, in your home, wherever that may be. With, this is without probable cause, without reasonable cause. It is absurd. You know, Fourth Amendment is gone. The 14th Amendment is gone. There, 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 you have no due process rights. You have no equal protection. You have no right to privacy in your home. You have no right to be free from unreasonable searches and seizures. There's no more right to be secure in your persons and your body and your papers. None of that exists under this regulation. And we need to wake up because now that it has passed, now we have to fight it from the judicial side. Now we have to fight it from another angle because it's passed. And I believe it has passed. I checked on it this morning and I was told that it's passed. Wow. And within that regulation, do nurses, it was proposed that nurses would be able to administer the COVID-19 vaccination um, to students in school, consent, the consent and knowledge of parents off the table, not necessary. She could require the public to wear masks without there being a state of emergency. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. And do you know about Bill S-75? Uh, maybe. T tell me, which one is that? Bill S-75. So along with Hochul's regulation, there's also the expansion of the vaccine mandate, whereby she's expanding it astronomically to include far more people in the vaccine mandate. So S-75 is a bill that's on the floor during this legislative seat, um, session. And that bill is requiring all adults to submit their, um, to register under a state database and to submit their vaccination records. So now you tell me, I'm setting up a tracking system, right? Whereby I can track anyone. I know what your medical records are. I know what communicable diseases you have. You have. I know your vaccination record. And now I can come and arrest and detain you. I know exactly where you are. I know exactly who you are. And this is anyone she thinks, thinks has been exposed to a communicable disease or anyone she thinks is a public health threat. It <laughs> is bizarre. Sounds familiar yeah. to me though. It's, it sounds familiar. Yeah, I, I, I didn't know it passed. That I, I was very aware. I've read the whole thing. I just didn't know it passed this morning. Well, wow. yesterday, 14th was the 60th day for the public comment period. And more than like, I was told by someone who um, is involved with the legislature that it, that it passed. Okay. I have to I'll confirm it again, just to make sure, because you know, but I was told this morning that it did pass. Okay. Let, let's look at the, the city level. Um, in New York City, I saw you posted Mayor, Mayor Adams announced that there will be no exceptions for the COVID vaccination deadline, which puts 4,000 city workers at risk of losing their jobs. Now I'm, I'm with you on all this, um, but I'm just gonna raise one common objection that I hear. So one common objection is, well, 
why would someone feel oppressed because they have to take a vaccine? Why are they playing the victim? How would you respond to someone asking those questions? Why are they playing the victim? No one's playing the victim. We're actually playing the victor. And we're saying that this is our body and you can't tell me what to do with it. Because the moment we start telling people what they can do with our bodies, how they can handle it, what, where it should go, what it should do, what should go in, what should go out, all of this, that's, that's dictatorial powers that's beyond any reach. If I don't have control over my body, this is the basic possession that I have, right? This is my body. Then what do I have control over? What freedom do I have? If I don't have the freedom to choose what happens with my body, it's medical rape. So it's not being a victim. It's actually being in full control in my right mind of sound mind and understanding the authority that I have, understanding the rights that I have, and I am and, and making a decision, an informed decision. I beg to differ. I think everyone else that's running around um, and that's complying with this vaccination under fear. Now there's some people that are making a conscious decision, but there are many people that are that have become a victim of the propaganda and the fear and the lies that have been per, um, coming across our news screens and our television screens for two years already. So I beg to differ. I think it's the opposite. I think those that are have succumbed to this fear and propaganda are the victims. And I think everyone else that's standing strong are the victors. I think we're the giants. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Well said. Um, and I think when the Supreme Court rulings happened in January, perhaps people got a little bit complacent. Even I did at first. I was like, oh, all right, well, despite them still saying healthcare workers need to take it in some cases. It's still, I think there was a victory there because they, they did put some of the mandates to rest. However, I think one of the most concerning parts of that process was that some of the court justices needed to be fact-checked. You know what? That was interesting. When I saw the statement come, the statements come out, um, <laughs> I said, what's going on you know with the supreme court but then and i was disappointed and my analytical mind started rolling but then what i liked best was the fact checking because i said when we start checking fact checking the branches of government and the supreme court who is the ultimate the highest level of the judiciary in this country i said that's a beautiful thing those are magistrates because we're saying, oh, absolutely not. We're not just taking what you say. Absolutely not. We're checking on what you're saying and we're going to correct you if need be. And that's what they're doing. So I thought it was beautiful. I thought it was wonderful mm. because people are thinking, people are saying, no, that doesn't make any sense. Absolutely not. That's not what's happening. And we're informing each other, each one, reach one to teach one, to awake one. And that's what I think is happening. Yeah, and, and as we've been talking, you've also pointed to the difference between a mandate and a law. So if any mandate becomes a law, what could the people become? Slaves, if they resist, which is what's happening. That's why she's passing these regulations as law. That's why they are trying to get the vaccine mandates passed as law, because once it becomes law, if you resist, you break it the law and now you are sub now you are in essence a criminal right and if you're a criminal the 13th amendment no longer protects you from involuntary servitude you're actually you're absolutely actually subjected to it 
And that's the issue. And that's why I've been screaming that from the rooftops since last year and saying, listen, we cannot afford to let these mandates become law because if they do, we are going to be in a tighter position. Now, just because it becomes law, does that mean that it's that it's um, that it doesn't violate the constitution? Absolutely not. It means that our leaders and people in certain for, in certain areas of government are not doing their job. For something to be passed as a law that violates the constitution, something is very wrong with that. And if there's a conflict, it doesn't, the law has to go. It has to, unless we're rewriting the constitution. And if we're rewriting it, oh, I need to be at that table because I have a few suggestions. Hmm. What? <laughs> they don't want to open that can of worms because it's going to be a lot of people <laughs> with a lot of suggestions. <laughs> suggestions for how to rewrite or amend the constitution? If they want to amend it, because that's what they're doing, right? That's what they're, that's what they're in essence doing by their action. They haven't formally done it, but when you're going to write legislation and, 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 and judges are going to rule and um, um, have um, orders and decisions that go against the constitution or when they fail to, to, um, to rule based upon the constitution and to, to, to the words are escaping me right now, when they, they fail to use the constitution as the standard for when they are coming making decisions within their, with their ruling, that's an issue. That is oh. an issue. Okay. Is that clear? Do I need yeah, to repeat that? Yeah, I think so. And in, in light of all this, did I hear that you're suing the state of New York? <laughs> I'm suing um, the city. Yeah, city. it was under Blasio was still in office. And that was for his vaccine passports, which are really slave passports and punch cards. So from, <laughs> you know, that's, that's a complete violation. The key to New York City mandate is absolutely arbitrary and capricious. It doesn't make sense. He says he um, implemented it, stating that it was for the public um, health and the welfare and to protect people. It doesn't, because first of all, you single out certain types of establishments and businesses while leaving others um, that are not to it. Doesn't make sense. I guess I can only catch COVID sitting in a restaurant, but I can't catch it sitting um, shopping in the store right next door. Makes no sense, right? I can get it in a gym, but I can't get it elsewhere. And I guess certain athletes from out of town, certain entertainers and their entourage, they can't get COVID and they can't transmit it. So they don't have to get, have a vaccine passport to enter establishments. It doesn't make any sense. No, no, it doesn't. It, it violates the rights of people who cannot, um, cannot get the vaccine because there are people with, that are medically fragile who cannot absolutely cannot be subjected to this mandate, to, to the vaccine. And so now we are disregarding that. And that's a problem. It's ableism. Yes. 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 And, you know, we can't say, I mean, when you look at the, the social media posts and you see people in wheelchairs getting arrested, um, little girls at nine and 10 being put in a police car and driven to a precinct separate from her mother because they were trying to go to a museum. I mean, first of all, these establishments are, we do pay tax dollars, right? We pay tax dollars, you know? And we support many of these, of these places. You know, many, New York City doesn't function on its own. The workers, the mayor, for God's sakes, gets paid by the people of the city of New York. You know, and so they, they have forgotten who they are supposed to be protecting. They're protecting themselves and they're protecting this agenda. 
And it's going to be a sad awakening because more and more people are waking up. New York City is going to be dilapidated. I mean, I haven't, I can't remember the last time I've gone down there and I have no desire to go down there. I don't need to go down there. You know what I mean? It's just a different place. It's not the city that it used to be. And they're, they're pretty much destroying it. They're pretty much destroying it. And I know for a fact that there are a number of um, business owners who met with the mayor, both the, the former and the present, I believe, and said that they cannot manage this. They cannot handle it. They are losing business. Their business is going to close. It's going to fold because there are not enough vaccinated people who are willing to, to reveal their, um, their health status, regardless of their opinions, to random business owners. And they're not supporting this measure. So it's not enough of them to, to keep the businesses going. So the businesses are yeah. going to go. That, that's an important distinction to make, that there are many vaccinated people who oppose the mandates and who are not willing to reveal their status. Um, so with what's going on in Ottawa, I've seen commentary, oh, well, it's a fringe minority. Oh, well, it's... It, it's, it's a minority because only there's only a, a small fraction of the truckers, for example, who are vaccinated, but that, that doesn't determine how many people are actually in the resistance. If it was such a minority, they wouldn't be coming up with all these regulations and rules and they wouldn't be working overtime to shut us down. They are spending trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars to, to, to quench, quench the voices of people. To, to, I mean, how many people do you have to pay to constantly monitor social media, to constantly monitor the news, to constantly monitor people? I mean, it's a lot of money to constantly push out false information 24 hours a day. It's a lot of money. But the only defense to the truth is silence. And so that's why they're trying to silence us. Because once you let the truth out, that's it. It's going gonna, it's gonna to spread and it's going to go and there's no defense. We don't have to defend the truth. And we don't have to. It will defend itself. Absolutely. Um, let, let's shift gears to education for a moment. As a former educator yourself, what concerns do you have about the state of public education and parental rights? The state of public education and parental rights, parental rights are virtually gone. They have declared war against um, the homes, people's homes. And they are trying to drive a wedge between parents and their children by taking away their parental rights. When you tell me that my child can go to school and she, they can um, be given a vaccination that is still an, ex in a, in an experimental phase, I don't even care if it's experimental or not. This is my child. And when you're telling me that someone else a nurse or a principal has greater authority than I do, that's way too much intrusion. That's way too much authority to give someone who is not the parent or child, parent or guardian of that child. Parents are given, parents have certain responsibilities in this country. We have parental rights. We have the right to the care, custody, and control of our children. The only way a parent loses that, those rights and that authority is if it, it has to be an extreme set of circumstances. And if there's a due, a due process that has to happen, occur in order for that to happen. And so for um, these legislator, legislatures and legislators to just use a pen <laughs> to just say a stroke of a pen to say, I'm taking away this right from you, that's absurd. Because if my young child goes outside and something happens to them, I am the person they're going to come and question. I am held responsible. If my if I have a young child in my home, it could be a teenager that gets hurt in my home, the, and the, the cops have to come. The first thing they want to know is what were you doing? 
And where were you? And if there was some form of negligence, I can be held liable. So now how is it that that responsibility and that authority is being taken away from parents and given those set of rights are given to someone else without due process, right? That is absolutely absurd. Mm. It is. That is a violation. And what message would you give to teachers who are working within that system? To be very careful, tread lightly, tread lightly, be guided accordingly. A mandate is not a law and no one, when the chips fall, no one is going to be protected. And all these systems and all these legislators and all these leaders that were mandating, that are mandating principals, teachers, nurses, doctors, hospitals to comply with these illegal mandates, they're going to step back and they're not going to indemnify any of these people or any of these systems. They're going to run for cover and they're not going to protect anyone. And now their lawyers are looking to hold individuals liable for these mandates, businesses, individual business owners, hospitals, you name it. No one is going to be able to hide behind the cloak and the veil of saying, oh, well, I, we were told to, we were mandated to do X, Y, Z. We were mandated to terminate you. We were mandated to, you know, to, 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 to suspend you, to put you on disciplinary charges. We were mandated. You had to get the vaccine. No, you're not. And so you're going to have to answer to it. And so I say, tread lightly. Those are not your children. <laughs> that you do not have that kind of authority, be very careful. Because if a child dies or ends up ill or sick or anything behind those vaccines, everyone in the line will be called to the carpet and will be made to answer. Mm. Wow. You know, Trisha, I just want to say your, your commitment to investigating the truth is so precious in these times. Thank you. Just thank you for for everything that you're doing to stand up. Thank, Thank you. you. Can yeah. I just add one more thing just to ensure that people that don't get caught. Maybe yeah. Adam just announced that he is enforcing and upholding the vaccine and mass mandates. At the same time that Kathy Hochul announced that she may be withdrawing the vaccine and mass mandates. She said that, but it was a bait and switch. There was a meeting held a couple of weeks ago where they came up with this. This is collusion and conspiratorial action that's happening between local government and the federal, because Biden was also involved in a meeting. There were some other political leaders involved. And so what's happening is there's a November 8th coming up, right? There's, a, there's an election that's coming. The local leaders are in, Mayor Adams is in office. He doesn't need, there's no election that's coming up for him right now. So he can be the sacrificial lamb right now and be the bad cop. Because right now, Kathy Hawkle needs to pull back and appear to be the good cop. But while she was announcing that this vaccine and mask mandate, she may lift it, her regulation was being passed. And her regulation has it all in there and worse. So don't fall for the bait and switch. They are playing with people's minds. They are playing with people's lives. And this is no laughing matter. Good point. The, the science didn't change. The polls changed. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And and let's spend some time talking about freedom of religion. Um, you've mentioned that you believe God is above us all. And when, when you said to the teachers just now, like, be, be guided, you know, I, I kind of sensed like, you know, be guided by something higher. Um, and many would describe what's happening as a spiritual crisis. I've heard you in some of your speeches really um, getting in, into that. 
into that realm. Um, and so you've spoken about how like above all the people, about all the politicians who are also people is God, not God Fauci, God. No. Right. Um, and this all relates to the mandates and freedom of religion. Um, when the gospel of Fauci is preached, then it becomes justified almost to, to preach science, to take something, take science as something to trust and believe rather than something to be questioned. And it, it seems it's becoming justified to coerce someone to put something inside of their body that they don't want. And, and that implies that one group or one individual knows what's best for another individual or another group. Um, and for example, I saw that you spoke out um, to Connecticut's governor um, who suggested black churches should lead the support for COVID vaccines. Um, tell me more about that. Like what, why, what concerns you about this push to have black churches carry out this agenda? Wow, you're taking me down the down a rabbit hole. Well, I've always said that America has had this obsessed, this 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 sick obsession with the human body. And if you look historically through our down through history from the beginning, there's always been this obsession to have control over some people, over a people group and their bodies and tell them what to do and what not to do. The the um the disgusting tests and experiments that have been run on people groups unknowingly and knowingly throughout the years um, and down through our history with where virtually we had no respect, we had no control over our bodies. We were slaves, right? Um, and subjected to whatever they wanted to, whatever they wanted to do with us. And so for our history in particular, slavery, there was a point in time where black folks were enslaved. I don't call us slaves. I don't say they were slaves. I say they were people group. They were people that were enslaved. And during that time, even after slavery was abolished, we had to, there were the black codes. There were slave passports. You had to walk around with cards to say whether I'm free or not free. And if you were black, you were considered unclean, you were considered ignorant, you were considered, you couldn't go anywhere. Even after gaining your freedom, your freedom could be taken from you at the whim. They take your card and they'll tear it up and throw it out. So Ned Lamont for him, and I and I have asked because I've been active in the, the, the communities in Connecticut for a number of years, um, especially in the Hartford area. And I've asked a number of community leaders, advocates, politicians, legislators, you know, has he ever been to the black communities for anything else? You know, has he ever visited? Has he ever gone but showed this much concern? And the answer was no, no matter who I spoke to, no matter what color they were, no matter what they looked like, the, the answer was still the same. So why this, this, why this concern? And if you look in our history, they always took the, 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 the church they always went to the church leaders or the professionals in the community, the, the entertainers. They always use certain key people in the black community to spread and to convince the community to get in line with government, to, to comply with certain measures. And that was what he was doing again. He said he was gonna go on a tour of the black churches to convince them to, that they need to take the vaccine, really. You don't have to convince somebody to participate in something that's good for them. You don't have to convince me that I need to eat 
and I need to eat well in order to live and be healthy, right? Whether I choose to do it or not is another situation, but I know that if I don't go and eat, I'm going to die. And if I know, I know that if I eat poorly, if I get up and eat fried chicken morning, noon, and night every day, I am going to die, right? If I even eat barbecue food with the smoke that goes into it all the time, grilled food, that's not good. I know certain things. So I, for him to say that he's going to intentionally target the black churches and go on a tour to convince them that they need to take this vaccine, that's a problem. Don't come out, go to your church. How about you do that? <laughs> go to your churches, right? Go to your family. Go to all your friends that are in that that are in bed with this, that are on 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 in agreement. Go take the vaccine and let us watch you for a while. We don't need to be the first. In all these years, black folks have been the last <laughs> to thought of in this country for most measures. All of a sudden, we're the first, and you want me to believe because all of a sudden you're so concerned about my health and my welfare. Yet medical, um, there are no medical medical facilities right? And medical treatment, food, they're, on, they're, they're not on par with other communities and other neighborhoods. How about we, how about we improve the schooling, the school? How about we improve the neighborhoods? How about we put adequate medical care and make, give, make it accessible to people? How about we make sure that the food that's being delivered to certain neighborhoods are accessible? How about we make sure that the homes and things like that, how about that before we get to a vaccine? Because guess what? If I'm not healthy, your vaccine is not going to help me live, right? It's not gonna help me. And so how do we jump over all these other benefits and needs that are lacking in the communities and get to a vaccine? Vaccine is a cure-all? I don't think so. Yes, let, let's start there. Let's start with healthcare um, and, and work our way up because it, it's perfectly reasonable really for anyone to distrust institutions that have betrayed them, politicians who have betrayed them time and time again, um, systems that just don't serve them. And awesome. within, yeah, like within this conversation about vaccines, there's this repetitive call to educate people. Oh, we have to do a better job to educate people, to gain their trust. And I think many find that very arrogant. It's absolutely arrogant. How are you educating me on something that you don't have any information about? <laughs> the scientists, the vaccine has, it's in the beginning stages of a study. There's a certain protocol and procedure and a regimen that, that a vaccine must go through in order to be fully licensed and approved. So you want to sit down and lie to me about a vaccine and that's what you call educating me? I don't think so. That's not education. You're trying to convince me. You're trying to manipulate me. That's what you're trying to do. And you're trying to use your fear and your power in order to overcome me so that I can succumb to that and take and comply with your mandate and comply and take this vaccine. So that how many years from now later, you can tell me when, when my leg is falling off or whatever's happening, oh, we're sorry. We've just found out that studies show that the COVID vaccine from 2021, you know, come on, no, who's doing that? In this day and age. No, we had a Tuskegee already. We're not signing up for that. Absolutely not. Yeah. Absolutely not. And I don't think any people group, all of us have had atrocities perpetrated against us, certain people groups, right? People of color, you have a Jewish, you have our Jewish brothers and sisters, various people groups. No one's signing up for this now. The handwriting is on the wall. It's the same script, different cast. That's it. That's mm. it. It's the same thing that's playing out. Our education system is supposed to educate, but it fails to do that. 
It does not do that the way, and people are just realizing that. The A's and B's that were coming out of school, everyone was not, all A's and B's are not on par, right? They're not all on par. Am I saying that no one was ever educated? No, I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying, what education has become in the past 20 plus years is far different than what it used to be. The medical system is supposed to keep us healthy. It's not doing that. Our criminal justice system is supposed to is is, is supposed to um, you're supposed to be innocent until proven guilty. Look at mass incarceration. Are we kidding? Uh, the, the, no. So what says that? The education system, the criminal justice system, the medical industry is supposed to keep us, supposed to make us better, supposed to make us well. It hasn't been doing that all along. And now what's happened is the covers have been pulled off. And now it's transparent and we're seeing what's actually going on and what's absolutely mm -hmm. going happening. And I'm not saying that there aren't good doctors and good nurses that are just trying to save pay. That's not what I'm saying. I'm talking about the powers that be that are at the top of the helm of this ship that are running it. Same thing with education. You have beautiful, wonderful teachers in there, wonderful educators that are trying to operate in a system that is not doing what it's supposed to do. Right. And their hands are bent. And so they're there. Thank God for those that stay in there and that are doing their jobs. The criminal justice system, you have a number of practitioners that are fighting it, that, that are trying to, to ensure that it works for all. But the fact is, the systems itself are not doing what we think they're supposed to do and what they're supposed to do. Right. They're doing what they're designed to do. And that's different. And that's mm. another conversation. Yeah, I'd love to have that conversation another time. Uh, listening to you, uh, something comes to mind that um, some people believe that Black people are the pupil of society's eye. Hmm. Yeah. Um, the and pupil yeah. I like that. Hmm. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, it's okay. Um, if, if this is true, you know, if, if the, the Black community is able to see things that perhaps other people groups cannot see, it, it might explain why there, there has been such a push from politicians to gain your community's support. So what discernment do you practice when observing behavior across the political spectrum? What discernment do I practice? That's an interesting question. <laughs> That's an interesting question. What discernment do I practice when observing people across the political spectrum? My God eye opens up first. My God eye is first, that third eye. I observe people. Um, I, I observe a lot. I sit quiet and I'll just watch. Um, and then my, my, my intellect comes into play, but I put my intuition, my intuition is front and center. My, Spiritual discernment is front and center. My intellect is all there. It's like the Holy Trinity. Can't have one without the other because intellect will take you down a path because oftentimes we are intellectually analyzing things based upon information that people have given you, right? And so you only have what's in front of you, but sometimes you have to think, you have to look behind the veil. You have to think, and that's where free thought comes in. That's where analytical thought comes in. You say something else is happening here. I'm not sure what it is, but something else is happening here, right? That's that sixth sense that people talk about. And you say there's something else. It's like um, instinct almost, you know, you know, to look behind the veil and see what else is happening. Look behind what's in front of you. Look behind the, 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 the speech that's being given, 
and try to pick up on what's really being said. What's really being said, which is what I have done many times, whether I agree with that political leader or not, whether I think they are, <laughs> are um, intelligent or not, whether I like their personality or not, I will listen and then I will analyze. But if you start to be known to me as a liar and as a manipulator and that you have false and evil motives, then I start to listen to you less. I will pay attention because I need to know what you're doing mm -hmm. and I will read behind what you're saying. For instance, the two announcements that were made, right? The meeting is being held. I heard about the meetings between these three leaders. Then I heard about the meeting between two other leaders and I'm saying, hmm, something's about to come. Something's about to happen because this is, there's something, there's something else happening here. And then you get one announcement while something else, while a regulation is being pushed. Then you get another announcement. Really, this is not what's being presented. There's something else happening here. And it's a full setup. It's a setup. She's trying to get back in office. He's a sacrificial lamb. People will be fooled. Some people will be fooled by the change, right? By the announcements and by the, the efforts to get us back to normal. They will vote. Maybe she'll get in, maybe she won't. Or he will get in, he won't. Wherever it is, whoever it is. And then all of a sudden, another variant will come. Another, another set of lockdowns or mandates or whatever will come. And so that's just one example, but that's what I've been using. And so it is discernment. I'm glad you asked me that. It mm -hmm. is discernment. A lot of it is discernment. And then my intellect and my knowledge, which I think it all comes together, right? I mean, I have a, a nursing degree. I've taught, I've um, been in education. I understand it from the different, the varying levels in education and then the criminal justice system and the legal system. And it all comes together. It all comes together for me in this moment because I can understand what's happening from varying levels. And because of that, I'm open to learning more. I can understand more. And then I, I, I listen and I watch and I observe. Hmm. And I'm not tainted because I haven't been in a political world. I don't need anything. I don't, I don't need to please anyone. So I'm not indebted to anyone and I don't plan to be indebted to anyone. Hmm. And, and practicing that discernment, I've heard you say uh, among other black folks like Tramel Thompson from Progressive Action, um, he's going to be on the show, Kevin mm. Jenkins, among others, um, many of you have called this the new segregation. Could these mandates be the new Jim Crow? Absolutely. It's just that it's hitting all people groups now. It doesn't matter. It's not based upon white, black, or any anything else. It's based of, or any other color in between, I should say, any other ethnic group. It's just humanity. And so it's either you comply or you don't. There is a sick obsession to, to, to for control in this country and in this world. And that's what's happening. And so this invading force has come into all our communities this time. And so, but what is happening is it has pushed everyone, it has pushed people groups together, every people group together, right? I called it the United Nations last year in, in New York. I said, look at the United Nations. This is what we're supposed to look like. All, all races, all creeds, all colors, all nationalities. We're all coming together. And we're now learning to celebrate our differences 
our differences are actually our strength and we're seeing that because if it's just one people group speaking out we're weakened by that we're not as strong but if we're fortified by each other and if we are if we're fortified by each other and that this is true diversity diverse uh, mindset diverse thought diverse backgrounds but all united under one cause and that is freedom freedom yeah, there have been some glorious embodiments of unity and diversity, one being the Defeat the Mandates rally in D.C. last month. What yeah. was your experience like there? It was epic. It was surreal. I was I had to stand at one moment and just observe and just look around. And it was amazing. It was it, the, the aura, the spirit that was there. It was a spiritual presence that was there. And it was wonderful. You could literally feel it. Um, if you just tapped in for a minute, if you just stood still for a minute and just got quiet, it was just an amazing situation, you know, and it was peaceful. Everyone looking for freedom, not vax versus unvaxed or anything like that. Just freedom. People saying, I am not going to be a slave. And that is what it comes down to. My, I will protect my freedoms at all costs. I will protect the children at all costs. And that's what it comes down to it, you know? And it was just a great, great, great situation. It really was. It, it's something that you really can't, it's hard to verbalize. It's really hard to mm. verbalize, but it was, it was wonderful. And there's one coming up in California in March. Yes, yes, yes. The final, final arrangements are being, you know, worked out and things of that nature. But yes, absolutely. Yes, yeah. there's one coming up. Yeah. Not going to stop. Momentum is going to continue to grow. The momentum is going to continue to grow. And the more they push, the more it's going to grow. The more they try to divide, the more we'll unify. And that's what's going to happen. It is happening. Yeah. And as I have conversations with people who aren't unifying in this way with our group, um, another common objection is that you can't choose your race, but you can choose whether or not to take the vaccine. How would you respond to that? Can't choose your race, but you can choose whether or not to get, take the vaccine. I'm not sure what the two has to do with each other, <laughs> but you can choose to, to take the vaccine, right? You have a choice whether or not you want to, um, whether or not you want to comply. And if we comply, compliance has not gotten us anywhere. Compliance has gotten us to where we are right now, right? The minute people started putting on those masks and staying in their homes and staying away from families, they knew they had us hook, line, and sinker. The test was, was, was conducted earlier on. They tested us through, for the, a number of years with um, compliance through different measures. Um, but this was, that was the ultimate test. They literally were able to send people into their homes lock them down, clear the streets, and then told you to put a mask on. I mean, it just, it was just bizarre that everyone just complied with that and then turned on their TVs, televisions, which by the way, people are turning them off now because I hear CNN's ratings are, I think under 400,000. The, the, the number may be a little bit off, but I heard their ratings are in the toilet because people are tired. They don't want to keep hearing this. So, you can't choose your race. You can't choose who you are, what you're born, you know, who, what family you're born into and things of that nature. So you control what you can control. I'm, 
I'm completely happy with the race that I've been born into. And I'm sure you are as well. So I'm not sure what, you know, that means. Of course, we, I would, I'm glad that I didn't have to go through certain atrocities that my race went, went through, but um, we're going through this now, right? Thank God. I probably would have been dead anyway <laughs> because of my personality. Just, I just would not have made it, but you have the choice whether or not to take this vaccine, to choose what to put in your body and what not to. And if we continue to comply with this, we're pretty much surrendering our being to them, to everyone. And we're saying, do with us what you want. And that's not good. Because mm. once you give someone power, it's hard to take it back, which is what's happening in Matthew Hawkins, right? She stepped into the seat of um, governor due to mid almost um, departure, abrupt departure. And so she wasn't even voted in, right? She wasn't even voted in. So she assumed this role and she's been given these emergency powers and she's still trying to use them, but it doesn't even make sense. She's enacting legislation or regulation based upon the fact that there's an emergent state of emergency while saying that she's going to lift the vaccine, a mass mandate, which is mandated through her emergency powers. So which one is it? Are we under state of emergency or are we not? And that's why I say an informed and uninvolved citizenry will, an uninformed and uninvolved citizenry will be turned into slaves. Because if you don't understand the limits of government, if you don't understand the purpose of government, then you don't know when government should be checked because you don't know if they're operating accordingly or not. Yes. And that's why we need an, an independent investigation of truth or every individual needs their own independent investigation of truth. And that's another reason why the First Amendment is so precious and why freedom and liberty are are worth fighting for. And I've noticed that in your speeches, you've evoked images of Nelson Mandela's long walk to freedom. How might this activism regarding the mandates compare to Nelson Mandela's activism? Oh, wow. I mean, I can't compare Nelson Mandela sat for, in prison for 27 years, right? Um, because he was fighting for the rights of his uh, people in his country. We, none of us have gone through anything like that, but it was a long walk to freedom. And this is a long walk to freedom. He sacrificed everything he had to fight for his country. And if we are not prepared to sacrifice on this level, that's the next level. I, Americans cannot sit back and think that in their myopic viewpoint of what America has been, because we're spoiled, right? We're arrogant, we're Americans. We get to do what we want, when we want, how we want, wherever we want. You know, we can go in at once upon a time, we could enter anyone's country when we felt like it with a passport, but not everyone had to, had to bow and there were certain strict requirements for people to come here. You know, we're Americans, we walk proudly everywhere. I don't know if we've been doing that so much <laughs> later for the past few years, but you know what I mean. And so we often look, stand back and look at other countries and other places and say, oh, that, that doesn't happen here. Couldn't happen here, <laughs> but it's happening. Kathy Hawk was talking about locking up people without due process. There are, there are talks that there are plots of land between Connecticut and New York that has been bought up, bought. Um, and this is coming down by um, this information is being spread by or being told by people who are pretty reliable, right? That there are whole plots of land that just seems weird. 
with with people that are on these properties in suit in, in uniforms without patches on it that are security and it's fenced in and kind of weird with hundreds of gallons of gasoline beneath the ground and cafeteria style buildings and just little interesting little interesting that these reports are coming out you know and um what are those about what is that about what 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 are we what are we doing that for i'm just saying just think i don't know <laughs> i don't know but i'm i watch everything i watch everything and i question i question it mm. and i don't think it couldn't happen here because it can and obviously it is yeah that is suspicious um <laughs> yeah yeah and as we've talked i've listened to you point out disparities in education um discrimination towards black people and people of color and also express an appreciation for the constitution which was written by rich white men um, which some people on this channel might not like to hear but it's true how do you reckon with both the discrimination that you observe or that you face and finding an appreciation for the constitution? Because the constitution, whether people like it or not, and I often say as hypocritical as the documents as, as the founding fathers may have been because black people were not considered as part of the constitution as well as other people groups who just don't realize <laughs> that they weren't meant to be part of that constitution. They were protected under that constitution, but that constitution was amended. And those amendments gave us our freedoms that we stand on today. And so I can appreciate it. And I'm mature enough to understand that it was not designed for me, but it was amended to include me. And by a human being, whether they wanted to include me or not, when you say human being, I am a human being. We are all human beings, no matter what race, no matter what color that you are, we are human. So if our founding fathers were not evolved enough or honest enough or righteous enough to understand the wrongs that they were committing, they have to answer to God for that. I understand the fact that whether or not you meant to include me, I had to be included, it had to be amended because I am human. And God as a supreme authority in this country ensured that it was amended and that we were included. And I am not giving up that right at all. It has been amended. It was, we fought for it between our ancestors who were helped by other um, political leaders at the time, because we know no people group wins their freedom on their own. We always have to reach across the aisle to help the next person, right? And so that's what happened. And so when it was amended to include other people groups, right, then that for, that's a freedom that I'm not releasing so i can understand it i'll use the documents that's what attorneys do you use it mm. and that's that i can't take it away from me at this at this moment <laughs> you know it is what it is yeah and and the people groups that are reaching across the aisle now among others are the vaccinated and the unvaccinated and everyone in between um so moving forward we're seeing that the mandates could turn into digital passports Right. Um, and what could the future look like for anyone, regardless of their vaccination status? Look at um, Germany. <laughs> 
look at Germany during the Hitler regime. Look at, go back and look at um, movies and read information about slave passports and people being given permission to go here and there. Right now in Australia, from what I understand, people cannot, unvaccinated people cannot leave, go outside of a three mile radius of their homes. And I believe they, there are certain times where in which they can be allowed to buy food. They can, they're not allowed to go outside all the time. You know, it's just crazy. And I'm glad the Australians are rising up and invoking the doctrine of the lesser magistrates. Um, I don't know Australian law, so I'm not sure how their constitution is written, but there must be something there because people are rising up and regardless of what they are doing it, you know? And so if we don't stand up, it's not even gonna be worth it here because without freedom, there is no life. That's what I say. If you have no freedom, what are you, what are you free to do? I, I don't understand. What are you free to do? Because living locked up, fearful, not able to go anywhere, not able to enjoy or see family, not able to partake of the benefits that I should be afforded, then what's the point? I, I don't I don't understand because you're not gonna be able to live. How are you gonna make money? This whole situation is being done to make people be, um, completely dependent upon government, completely dependent upon government. And that's why I say the education system has been completely complicit in this. If they're not putting you in prison, they're undereducating you, you end up on benefits or you're pushed into a government job or corporate America. Either way, it's a prison. Either way, it's a prison because my corporate America people can't walk off their, their six-figure, walk away from their six-figure salaries because their lifestyle and their friends and what they're expected to do and that, that life that has been given to them. And I have a number of friends that work in corporate America. I tell them the same thing. You know, they can't, it's difficult. How do I do that? You know, if you're working for the government, you either comply or you lose your job, which is what we're seeing going on in New York City, right? And then if you're on benefits, if you don't comply, with this mandate, we'll take your benefits. And if you're incarcerated, you have no rights. You have to take this vaccine. So on all levels, you're imprisoned in one way or another. The only ones that are not, to a certain extent, are the ones that are not plugged into the system completely. We're all plugged into a certain extent, but more and more of us are pulling, are, are unplugging, pulling out. You know, I've often had debates in my mind. I'll debate about a lot of things and inquire about a lot of things, but the conversation of parallel universes, I've, I've heard it, you know, from various people and lectures and people ask, do you believe in that? And, you know, things of that nature. And I said to someone the other day, could this be the parallel universe? Could this be one of the parallel universes that is actually happening now, whereby two different worlds will be operating simultaneously will be existing simultaneously. You have those that will be plugged into the system versus those that will be underground and out of the system and setting up a whole separate world, separate country, separate state, separate communities that will operate, you know, that will be parallel to each other, but will be separate and distinct. It's just interesting. And that's how my brain works. I just, <laughs> I, I, love, I actually love that you brought that up because that's how my brain works. I've been thinking, you know, while I, I do find a two tier system, very unjust. Yes. I do see this as an opportunity for some of us to be pushed out of the old system and to create new ones. I'm sorry. I'm just responding. 
to a meeting that I'm late for. <laughs> oh, it's okay. I just, I just have two more. I just have two more questions for you, really quick. Sure. Okay. What might it look like to hold leaders accountable? Remove them, unseat them. We unseat. We impeach people all the time in this country, right? We once we impeach presidents, right? And we have to unseat them. We and not vote them back in. So the vote is there, but we know what happens with the votes. <laughs> I mean, our voting system, unfortunately, it, it just is what it is. They they can sway the votes, they can sway the elections, rob the votes. It, you know, I don't understand how people get so up in arms when um, <laughs> Mr. Trump <laughs> says that they robbed the election from him. I said, but people have been robbing elections for years. It's not just him. It's been multiple elections that we have questioned over the years that has been, you know, that um, a, a candidate has been placed in office and we have questioned the, the votes, we have questioned the election. So why is it so difficult to believe that this could possibly be true? You know, and I look at people, I said, why? Why can't this be true? You know, and they say, well, do you believe it? I said, I'm not asking you that. I'm saying, why do you find it so hard to give any inkling of thought to it, that it, you're saying that it cannot exist. It cannot, it doesn't make sense. And I'm saying to you, that is an absurd thought because it has happened many times in this country. Let's be for real, you know? So you have the vote, you have the impeachment process and we just have to use it. We have the grand jury whereby we can bring charges and ask the grand jury to, 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 to investigate you know, a matter, investigate our leaders, see what's happening. Look at the, um, I forget his name, the gentleman. He is one of the leaders, the, 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 the science, the top scientists that has been advising the White House that was found, it was discovered that he had stocks in BioNTech and Pfizer, BioTech and Pfizer, and he made millions of dollars or at least more than a million dollars. And he, was instrumental in pushing the Pfizer vaccine. And then it was discovered that he had stopped in the vaccine company. And that is an ethical violation. But not only is it ethical to me, it's criminal because you're pushing a vaccine that you know is harmful, that you know it's not um, it been fully tested. It's causing all this harm and damage. As a scientist, it's bigger than an ethical, an ethical violation to me. He fell far beneath the standard of what a scientist is supposed to be. Science is based on observation and thought and testing. And you have to have evidence to back up and prove your hypothesis, which becomes a theory and then a law. And right now that vaccine is in the questioning phase. It's in the questioning phase. And so for him to, 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 to stand on that platform, that seat of power, and to push this vaccine for self, for gain, for financial gain at the, the risk of losing lives, that's criminal behavior. That is criminal. And he needs to be brought up on charges. And everybody else that knew that he was that, that he was doing this needs to be brought up on charges. And that's what it means to invoke the doctrine of the lesser magistrates. That's what it means to invoke authority and to call hold our leaders accountable. That's what it means to, to, to call for it. And, and what we have to do is organize because this is new, right? You're dealing with every level of government here all the way up every level. And so it's a matter of weeding out, plucking out and holding them accountable. And so what we need to do is form think tanks. We need to form groups whereby we, we get together and we, we decide how we can do this and what it looks like and 
you know, who takes the lead and what's the process going to be. Problem is finding people who are on certain levels who would be willing to do it because you have a lot of cowards and a lot of sheep that, and a lot of people that have been bought, but it's not impossible and we can do it. Thank you for that call to action. Is there anything else that people can do to advocate for their human rights? Don't comply. Unplug. Take your kids out to schools if they're not respecting their rights. Demand respect for your rights. Don't comply. Don't comply. If they if you're terminated, I understand it's a difficult situation. But I tell people if you if you get sick, terminally sick from this 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 vaccine and these are for the people who don't want to take it and are only taking it because of the the coercion and the threat if you are really fair if you really don't want to take this vaccine because you don't believe that it's good and you believe it's more harmful than good then weigh the pros and cons i always say think of the worst case scenario if you take it and the best case scenario if you take it think of the worst case scenario if you don't take it and the best case scenario if you do and determine which one you can live with. Yes, and that's different for each person. Absolutely. I determine, and that's why I just posed the question. You figure it out. I don't tell a person, any, anyone who comes to me and asks me for advice with their jobs, their vaccines, if it's legal, should I sign this? Should I sign that? Of course, I'm going to give them legal advice. But when they're asking me morally what they should do or, you know, they, I pose questions. I pose questions because I can't answer for everyone. Everyone doesn't have the level of fortitude that I may have. Everyone doesn't is not in the same position. And so everyone has to decide for themselves. And so that's what I tell them. Weigh the pros and cons with both decisions and determine what you can live with. Yes. But even if you come and take the vaccine, tear up the passport and don't support any system, any institution, any business that is going to, that is compliant because you have to force their hand also. You have to help them to realize that they're violating the rights of people as well. Yes, and that, that's what Tramel Thompson is doing with progressive action. He started the Rip It Up movement. Um, yeah. he's, he's vaccinated. He ripped up his vaccine passport. Yes, yes, absolutely. I have, um, I've had family members come to me that are vaccinated for whatever reason, and they'll say, I see you, and I, I want you to know that I don't support mandating someone to take a vaccine, and so I'm not supporting it. I've had friends you know, or colleagues or people that I've met that tell me I've taken the vaccine, but I'm, I don't agree with the mandates and I'm not dealing, I'm not going, you know, and if they, someone call me, calls me to invite me to a place that's requiring a vaccine, they're like, well, um, you're just going to have to take this vaccine. And I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> so if you're having a wedding, a birthday party, a dinner, I don't care what you're having. I'm not coming. I'm, I'm not, I'm not even zooming in on, I'm not even coming on Zoom or Skype because that means I'm still complicit in what you are participating in and that's how strong i am with it I'm not doing mm -hmm. it I'm not doing it and where can people find you online trishalindsaylaw.com i'm on instagram at at tslin33 i believe twitter's the same handle and facebook it's trisha Lindsay law or just trisha s Lindsay. you can find me i'm not Thank hard you. to find Thank you for having me. Thank this you, Trisha. Yeah, I'd love to speak with you maybe off camera sometime about some other things. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Keep up the good work. Hold the line. Keep doing what you're doing. It's time to arise as magistrates.
that's yes. my fault. We are magistrates. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. You Trisha. have a good one. Thank you. you.